Good morning. We are reading this morning from Acts chapter 2, and it's verses 1 to 13. Uh, In these um, church Bibles, it's 1093, or it's up on the screen as well. So Acts chapter 2, starting from the beginning. When the day of Pentecost came, suddenly... No, not suddenly. Let's start again. When the, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were, staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you and to be sharing with you. Uh, There's a story of a minister that got up to preach, and he started by apologizing for the band-aid, the plaster on his face. He said, I was thinking about my sermon while I was shaving this morning, and I cut my face. At the end of the service, a note was passed to the minister. It said, Next time, think about your face and cut the sermon. (laughs) Let's see what we can do. Today is both a happy day and a sad day. It's a happy day because, as has already been said, today is Pentecost Sunday. As a result, I get to speak on a Bible passage that is powerful and dynamic. These are events that changed human history forever. But today is also a sad day because very few people in our society know about Pentecost. I haven't tried this, but I'm convinced that if we said the word Pentecost to our neighbors, some of them might think that we're referring to a pop group, the Pentatonics. This might be a surprise, but there are some dates in the church calendar 
that some people seem to forget. Everyone knows about Christmas and Easter, but Pentecost Sunday is the third great day that always needs to be in our church calendar. And it is important that we celebrate Pentecost Sunday because it is based on what the Bible says. Some people describe Pentecost Sunday as the birthday of the Christian church. I've actually been in a church service where we sang happy birthday to each other. It was a little awkward that morning. Our Bible passage for today in Acts 2, 1 to 13, tells us what happened in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. This was much more than just a birthday celebration. This was the fulfillment of prophecies spoken of in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. But one of the first problems about Pentecost is the word itself. It sounds a little weird, and we might not know what it means. In the Greek language, the word for 50th is pronounced Pentecost. It's as simple as that. So Pentecost is referring to the 50th day after something. And in Bible times, this was the 50th day after Passover celebration. For us today, Pentecost Sunday is 50 days after Easter. And I can see a few of you already trying to work out the dates. Seven weeks equals 49 plus the Sunday at either end. But why is Pentecost so important? What is it about this day that means that we should always include Pentecost Sunday in our church calendar? The answer is here in Acts chapter 2. Firstly, we see God's program. God's program. Verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, Jesus' disciples were all together in one place. When I first read this verse, I could never understand why God chose such a random day of the year to send the promised Holy Spirit into the world. Why choose the day of Pentecost? It seemed a little strange. But just as God planned for Jesus to die and rise again at the Passover festival, God deliberately chose to send the Holy Spirit into the world at Pentecost. This wasn't an accident. This was God's program for the world. This date is deeply meaningful and symbolic for two main reasons. Firstly, Pentecost celebrated the giving of the law. This might be a surprise, but Pentecost began in the Old Testament. Exodus 14 tells us that the day after the first Passover... The Jews left their captivity in Egypt. They crossed through the Red Sea and then 50 days later they arrived at Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai was the place where God gave the Jews the law, what we sometimes call the Ten Commandments. 
And because the giving of the law was such an important event, God told the Jews to have a celebration, a festival to remember the giving of God's law to his people. And secondly, Pentecost celebrated the giving of an offering. It's a little confusing, but the Jewish festival that was held 50 days after Passover had three different names. In Exodus 23, it is called the Festival of Harvest. In Deuteronomy 16, it's called the Festival of Weeks. And in Numbers 28, it's called the Day of Firstfruits. Essentially, this celebration became a festival of joy, thanking God for what he had done. It was a time where people freely gave a thank offering to God, specifically a thank offering that the wheat harvest had been completed. Put these two factors together and it explains why in Acts chapter 2 there were so many people in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. The religious leaders were there celebrating and remembering that God gave the law to Moses. And they were joined by the ordinary people, as it were, thanking God for the harvest and the assurance of food for the future. In other words, on the day of Pentecost, everyone in Jerusalem was focused on God. And this wasn't just an event for the Jews. Acts 2 verse 5 says that every nation under heaven was in Jerusalem at that time. So on the day of Pentecost, you could argue that the whole world was focused on what God had given to the world. And in this joint worship service in Jerusalem, where people from different places had all come together to focus on God, this was the moment when God sent the promised Holy Spirit into the world. Significantly, we are meeting today as a group of churches. We come from different congregations, different backgrounds, some of us from different church traditions, and possibly from different parts of the world. But today, wherever we come from, we are here together, and we are all focused on God. This wasn't an accident. This was God's program and plan for us today. As a result... Let us be ready to welcome the Holy Spirit. Welcome him into our lives. Welcome him into our churches. Welcome him into our community. God's program, and secondly, God's power. God's power, verses 2 and 3. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where the disciples were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest 
on each of them. When I was in high school, I had a friend called John. He was below average height and had a slim build. When I first met him, I thought John was a bit of a weakling and a pushover, a bit like me. But that all changed in the playground one day. I can't remember what we were doing, and no, we were not having a fight. But somehow, there was a test of physical strength between us. And I suddenly realized that underneath John's loose-fitting school uniform was a very powerful body. He had arms like steel, and he was as strong as an ox. Even though John could have taken out any of the school bullies, he showed his strength by not showing his strength in the normal way. And that was even more impressive. On the day of Pentecost, God showed the world his power but not in the usual way. At Easter, God showed his power to the world visibly and dramatically. For example, on Good Friday, Matthew 27, 45 says that darkness came over all the land. And verse 51 says that the curtain of the temple was torn from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split. At Easter, God visibly and deliberately showed his power to the world. But on the day of Pentecost, God showed his power in different ways. Firstly, there was the breath of life. I've heard people say that a mighty wind announced the arrival of the Holy Spirit. That might be true. But Acts 2 verse 2 actually says, like the blowing of a violent wind. In other words, the writer was comparing the sound to the noise that wind makes. More importantly, the word translated wind can also mean the breath in our lungs. When we breathe out quickly, it sometimes sounds like the wind. <sighs> At Pentecost, God showed his power through the breath of life from heaven. The Holy Spirit was moving. The breath of God was breathing onto the disciples. God was breathing into the lives of God's people. And secondly, the tongues of fire. Verse 3 says that the disciples saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. Just to be clear, in the Bible, God often appeared in the form of fire. For example, when God appeared to Moses, Exodus 3.2 says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. At Pentecost, God showed his power through the fire of his holy presence. A fire that brings both heat of purity 
and the light of life. And notice that the tongues of fire, the symbol of God's holy presence, rested on each person. This was a personal encounter with God. Today, as we meet from different churches and backgrounds, we are all focused on God. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, the breath of life from heaven is with us now. God's holy presence is here, and he is seeking a fresh encounter with each one of us. Let us be ready. Let us be willing to receive God's power. God's program, God's power, and lastly, God's purpose. God's purpose. Verse 4. All of the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. A question that is often missed at Pentecost is why? Why did God send the Holy Spirit into the world? And there are at least two answers. Firstly, God sent the Holy Spirit into the world because of his promise to us. The coming of the Holy Spirit is the fulfillment of prophecy spoken of in the Old Testament. In Joel 2.28, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. The word translated spirit means the breath of God, the breath of life. And in the New Testament, Jesus, the Son of God, told his disciples, John 14, 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The word translated advocate is referring to the Holy Spirit as a helper and a comforter to God's people. So the Holy Spirit came into the world because, well to put it bluntly, God always keeps his promises. And secondly, God sent the Holy Spirit into the world because he desires desires a relationship with us. One of Jesus' last words to his disciples is in Matthew 28, 20. Jesus said, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus was echoing what God said through Moses in Deuteronomy 31, 6. The Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. God seeks a personal, up-close love relationship with each one of us. And God's purpose for humanity is that we have a personal, up-close love relationship with him. But there's a problem. Because of the sin and the selfishness in our hearts, we cannot meet with a perfect, holy God. So God sent his only son, Jesus, into the world to pay the penalty that our sins and wrongdoings deserve. Jesus paid the debt. It's been paid. 
Through faith in what Jesus has done for us, our sins are forgiven and we are clean. As a result, through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we can have a close, personal love relationship with an almighty, powerful, pure God. Today, as we meet together from different churches and backgrounds, we're all focused on God. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, he is seeking an up-close personal relationship with each one of us. And from this personal relationship with Jesus, we can step out with him in loving obedience. We share with our families, our friends, our co-workers, our neighbors, our whole community. We share how Jesus has changed our lives. This is God's purpose for sending the Holy Spirit to us so that he will be with us and empower us as we go and tell others about Jesus. God's program, God's power, God's purpose. There's a story of a man who, water, who carried water in India. He had two large pots, both hung on the end of a pole which he carried across his neck. One of the pots had a crack in it, while the other pot was perfect. At the end of the long walk from the river to the house, the perfect pot had a full amount of water, but the cracked pot always arrived half full. After a while, the pot with the crack was ashamed of its own imperfection and was sad that it was only able to do half of what it had been made to do. After two years of what seemed a failure, the broken water pot spoke to the man who did the carrying. The pot said, I am ashamed of myself and I want to apologize to you. I have only been able to, to deliver half my load because this crack in my side allows the water to leak out all the way back to your house. You do all this carrying, but because of my flaws, you don't get full value from your efforts. The water carrier said to the pot, Did you notice that there were flowers only on your side of the path, but not on the other pot's side? That's because I have always known of your flaw and I have planted flower seeds on your side of the path. And every day as we walk back, you have been watering them. And for two years, I have been able to pick beautiful flowers to decorate my home. Without you being just the way you are, there would not be this beauty in the house. My point is this, some people feel that they are so flawed and imperfect that God couldn't possibly use them. They believe that the Holy Spirit could not possibly work in and through their lives because they are damaged and broken. If that describes anyone here today, 
then respectfully, you are wrong. Thankfully, God uses crackpots. We do not need to be perfect to be accepted by God and used by God. We just need to be willing to be used by God. Through the Holy Spirit in our lives, we follow God's program for our lives. And with the Holy Spirit in our lives, we are empowered by God's power. And through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we are used for God's purposes. As Christians today, as people from different churches and backgrounds, God is calling us to be open and willing to allow the Holy Spirit to move in our lives and to allow the Holy Spirit to move in our churches. God's word for us today is an invitation, an invitation to live out what we believe in our daily lives in and through the power of the Holy Spirit. How will we respond? Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for speaking to us and teaching us through your word today. Thank you for pointing us to Jesus, our loving Savior and Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace and love towards us. Thank you that by believing on what you have done for us at Calvary, we are free, we are forgiven, we are saved, and we have the promise of eternal life. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, help us this week to live our lives worthy of being called followers of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.